So, you always wanted to be a footballer. What happened? <laughs> I never wanted to be a footballer. You know that. I know. I've always said that I feel there was a mix-up at the hospital. I thought there was some hairdresser, you know, <laughs> watching their son have kick about outside going, why doesn't he want to cut hair? I always thought I was a mix-up. And I'm the only boy in the family who isn't, I mean, I've got distant cousins, they're all into football, and I'm just not. I know, but when I was, you know, because it's really weird, because I know you, you're like a close friend, but when you read about people's past, it's, do you know what I mean? It's kind of weird, because you learn things, and I just thought one of the sweetest things was the fact that you said that when your dad was out, you know, doing the whole football thing, you were at home with your mum watching black and white movies, and, I know. and like listening to music, and, and all of that, and, and then it sort of said something about, like, you know, you were like really bullied at school. I had no idea about that. Yeah, and it's weird about the bullying because, you know, obviously I'm not condoning bullying, but I was annoying, Kelly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's not forget that. I mean, you know, <laughs> this voice and everything. And I, I just was super camp. And like I said, you know, I'm, I didn't know I was this camp. I didn't know you could get that cat, this camp. And then uh, I thought I was fine. And then uh, I did a play and then we watched it back in drama. And then I'm like, oh my God, who is this? I basically vogued through this play. <laughs> I was flapping, hands on my hip whenever I stopped acting. It was like, I was like a haunted teapot. I was like, you know, and so but I did. did you I mean, think I'm, it's because of like movies you were watching? Do you think you were kind of like, do you think that period with your mum watching all the movies and listening to music? You saying whatever, Bette Davis made me gay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> In a word. Now, <laughs> yeah, but, you I, know. There is, there, is a, there is a scientific thing, and I found this is quite true, that Mother Nature, or whatever you want to call it, when you have such a heterosexual dad, who is so full of testosterone, they make the sons gay to curb the population. Have you heard? Because <laughs> no. with my first tour, Tooth Fairy, and I did a book, um, Look Who It Is, I got so many people coming to the stage door going, my dad's a policeman, my dad is this, my dad is this uber man and I'm gay. And I said, I've read your book and I love the, the, the it's my life. And I just thought there is something there. Obviously it's not for everyone. Yeah. Not a cookie cutter, but there is a bit of sense there because my daddy's so masculine. But when did you know that you were gay at nine, or or did you just think I'm quite different and theatrical, and then it kind of crept up on you? Yeah. I mean, do I you mean, remember? Well, yes, it, it was very odd, um, and I was the only gay in Northampton. I swear to God, <laughs> I was. And I used to like, and this is not a lie, but I used to hang around outside hairdressers and follow them home and see where they went. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what are you saying? But I thought, well, they're obviously a bit camp, a bit gay. What are they getting up to? Because I thought, there must be more gays in this town. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, Theat I mean, you have different words now, don't we? Theatrical for it. I suppose I was quite theatrical. But, but when um, you went to, to read drama, um, sorry, after reading drama at Middlesex, 
did you like how long was it before you actually performed somewhere I mean at what age well, were that, you there? that's the weird thing I, I wanted to do be an actor but it was it was a, it was a theatre studies uh, degree because I didn't have any range so it, it was a bit of a rubbish course if I'm honest and we studied um, and, and we studied uh, you know, all these different uh, theatres and theatre styles. And there was one module I signed up for, and it was stand-up comedy. And so we went to downstairs at the King's Head, up in, um, in uh, Crouch End, and we had to perform to uh, an audience, and we got marked on it. We wrote our own act. Wow. And I'm not digging myself up. I went there. I ripped the roof off. I... And this was in 1997. Huh. And, and it just went so well. But then I never thought again of it. I was so nervous. I was being sick. I was using the toilet all the time. I thought, I can't sustain this as a job. And, th and then it was only when I went to Manchester, I was in a call centre for years, dead-end job, one after the other. And I thought, Alan, what? You can't do this job, you know? Yeah. What were you good at? And then I just thought back to my stand-up and went, actually, I was quite good at that. I might try that again. <laughs> I did, I did. And I'm so glad I did. And you've got to remember, in Manchester, it was having a real wave from uh, 2000 to 2005. You're talking Steve Coogan, Peter Kay, Johnny right. Baby, turning right. up at a bill, turning up in a pub, well, Carolina right. Hearn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not putting myself in that category. No, but yeah, you were, in, were around all those people. Yeah, you know, and they go, "Oh, Eddie is all turning up," or you know, just Steve Coogan's turning up tonight, and it was like proper amazing. And but I, I mean, just, how fantastic though, in a way, when you think about it, like to sort of that moment where you were in the, the call center and just bored, and but you must have known there was something in you that thought I could do this to be able to pluck up the courage, having felt so sick doing it the first time. Yes, I know, I know. And when you, when you get desperate, and you know I suffer with um, psoriasis and everything, and I just, I caught myself in the reflection of the, the toilet at Bartley Card, covered in red scabs. I get, I get the worst psoriasis, proper singing detective type. And I just said, this can't, this can't, this can't go on and so um and so yeah and then my friend Sarah she entered me for the BBC new comedian of the year and yet again I'm not picking myself up but I turned up at this pub called the buzz and I went on stage and this is the weird thing because I still don't know I think this is a normal voice I think I am not super camp I find myself I think I'm as normal as you get I'm so boring and normal and I went on and I remember going, hello, I'm Alan. And I remember this woman just crying with laughter. And I was like, what are you laughing at? And then, bah! And then it was like, it was all very odd. I, I just don't think I'm that, but I You are, you are the funniest man I know. But I just, oh, but the point sick. is, I'm just like, that moment when you realize that all the things that you were kind of bullied for at school was the thing that actually, got you the laughs, but in a point at which in your life turned into the, the most mega career, was there that moment where you 
where you actually realised what was happening or it was just a moment? I think it was just a moment. And, and it's like you say, Kelly, it's so weird. All the things I hated and I would pray that I would change have become my trademark. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, listen, I would love laser eye surgery. I'd love to get veneers. I would love to, but... It's the stuff that people go, oh, you know. That's well, it's happening. like, do you remember that? That you remember uh, Dirty Dancing, that wonderful uh, actress in there, and you know we've all loved it. You know, no one puts oh, baby in the yeah, corner, the and corner. then she went oh. and had that face change in her nose, and she barely, no one recognised her, and she couldn't yes. get any work. Yes. You know, we sort of it live in a world where everybody's trying to change who they are, but actually, we are who we are from the inside, not from the outside in, and. Um, but you know, it, it made me. Well, can you laugh. have a word with Paul? You know my Paul. <laughs> yes. He wants me to have a hair transplant. Why? What do you reckon? Do you know what I think about men with hair who, who sort of start thinning there? Yes. I think you just cut it much shorter, a bit like John's hair, yes. and it just looks cool. You know. In fact, Paul really needs a haircut more than anybody at the I moment. know. I know. I because he's had a hair transplant, and people go, "Wow." <laughs> Yes, but his hair was never going. I didn't know that. He nipped off to have a hair transplant, but his hair is fine. And then I, that's what's so insulting. I said, you pay all that money for a hair transplant and then you let it look like that? It's like a <laughs> mass of cubes. <laughs> well, you know what Paul's like? And he said, Alan, I'd love you to get a hair transplant. I went, well, I, I know, listen, it's clinging on. My fringe is clinging on for dear life, but... You know, I don't, I don't know. Is it really you me? Don't need, no, I don't think so. Right answer, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and then I read that you were then the warm-up to Jonathan Ross, which I also didn't know. Yes, that, I mean, that was proper. Um, I'm, I'm into, I, I did this really, show, this pilot for this show called The Gay Computer. I mean, it would never, ever get made now. I was in a pink glittery box in this basement in Soho. They were filming it. God. And I was like, I was the gay computer. So I would interview <laughs> people and I basically slagged them off as some bitchy old queen. I mean, talk about typecasting. <laughs> so, so, I'm in, so I'm in this box and then we have a break and I come out and I'm stretching my legs outside. And they get a phone call from my agent. Alan, are you in town? Are you in town? I said, yeah, I'm in London. Um, the warm-up guy for Jonathan Ross is, uh, has got stomach problem. We need someone now. Can you get to the BBC studio in an hour's time? I said, oh, my, oh, 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 oh okay, okay. So I've got, I got to go there. I warm up the crowd, and I'm not yet again bigging myself up. Everyone was laughing. Everyone was in hysterics. I could hear Jonathan laughing. But remember Four Puffs and a Piano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, were yeah. howling. Yes, yes, yes. And they... God, I've forgotten about them. Yes. And then um, I got a phone call from Dan. I mean, this is how old... I was, I was at an internet camp. That's where I checked my emails. How old were you then? I was about 20, 26, 27. So and last year... <laughs> yes, 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 about a year ago. And, <laughs> and so he said, you are brilliant. I want you to be my warm-up man every night. So they sat the other man. Oh. With but can I just say, I was doing £100 gigs in Sheffield on a Monday, 
Doncaster on a Tuesday, Wakefield on a Wednesday, yeah, every Thursday. And we're talking, you know, Jonathan Ross. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jane Fonda. Paul Newman was my first ever warm-up Oh, my warm -up God. Man. I'm waiting. What you do is you warm the crowd up and then you stand yeah. in the little corridor. And when Jonathan needs a wee, I come on and warm them up. I'm standing there next to Paul Newman. And I'm like... This is, I'm not. I'm not on the telly. Surreal. Yet. I'm not been on the telly. I'm just in that moment. Yeah. I've but met at Kane that Conda, moment, did you realise? Brad Pitt. They're all there. But did you did you realise at that point that this was going to lead to something? I mean, there must have been a sort of aha moment where you just thought, "Oh my God, I've gone from you know dad playing football, sitting at home watching black and white movies, you know." doing, going to, where was it, uh, Middlesex University, you know, like going through these stages, you must have at that point thought to yourself, okay, there's something here, like. Yeah, yeah, I, I did, I did. And you know what I'm like, I'm not one for like boasting or anything, as says Alan, who was just. Really? How he, <laughs> no, but you know, sometimes yeah. you've got to just say, look, you did a good job. And I yeah. think that's healthy, isn't it? I'm not saying I'm the best. I was just in a lot of right places at the right time. Um, they're, they're, they're just moments that you get. I mean, I, me and Justin Lee Collins got asked to um, host the Q Awards, and I remember Paul McCartney. So, but where, hang on, where did you meet him? Because I was going to ask you about Friday Night Project. So, you met him around that time, just kind of what, socially or? Yeah, they, they put Channel 4 put us together. Oh, right. So, you'd never met him? No, no, they put us together on this show. And it, Jimmy Carr had done the show along with. Um, do you remember Sharon? No, no, was it Sharon Horgan? You know who wrote Fantastic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrote, yeah. yeah. I think she was the initial one, wasn't she? And then they brought us in, and um, yeah, but you want to know, Kelly, and this is a thing about the rate that the ratings were great, but the critics hated the Friday Night Project. I got, I've never seen anything like it. So I. But do you think it was because? Sorry to butt in, but it, I remember watching it thinking, I remember switching it on for the first time and thinking, oh my God, am I actually seeing this for real on television? Because I've never seen anything quite like that no. moment where it seemed normal and then it just went into a like craziness. Yeah. With, with, with yeah. kind of ad lib, but it was just so exciting. You'd sit at the edge of your seat thinking, oh my God, what are they going to do now? It was mad. Well, we had Kanye West as a guest. We had Mariah Carey. We had Billy Pye, we had all these people. And do you know who the house band was? Amy Winehouse. I know, I read that. I can't believe that. Amy Winehouse. Uh, Lady Gaga was the band. She was the band that we went no to way. when the break was on. It was her first ever performance of Just Dance. Uh, you would not believe. I mean, but you know, they, it, it was just one of those shows. It's absolutely amazing. And I read the reviews and then I said, I said, oh, this is not going to be recommissioned. And I said to Jonathan, I said, can I come back as your warm-up man? Because it's not going to work out. So I went back there and then I came out and then people were like, oh, it's, it's him. Alan Carr. It's Alan Carr. And Jonathan said to me, Alan, you, you can't do this anymore. It's weird because you're a, you're, you're a star, whatever, you know. Nice You've got your own man. show. Warm-up men don't do that. And of course, it ended up going... BAFTA nominated a couple of times. We did eight series. So I just, I just, I thought, oh, you know, people are so down on it. But obviously, it became so popular. 
And I can't remember why. It, did did you go straight on to Chatty Man after that? Did that then get commissioned? I did. I did another show. John um, um, Justin got a chat show on ITV, ITV Two, so he wanted to do that. And then we sort of just um, ways, yeah. Yeah, and, and also, do you know what? People still ask. I don't want to be one of those shows that you know outstayed its welcome. I still get people going. Oh, it was good. And I know a few people on Twitter did a let's bring it back, but. I feel it was of a special time and, mm. you know, getting Kanye West and, and all that and Pharrell, well, let's, let's, you know. Let's, oh, I love him. Let's yeah, talk about Chatty Mine because that then, for me, was like, you know, Sky Plus. If you couldn't watch it, it was there. You couldn't wait oh. to go and see it. I mean, you know, again, you created this kind of what people would percept as your people's perception of what your living room would look like. You know, you sort of created, or the channel created this kind of madness. And it's you basically making cocktails, getting people relaxed. Yes. And it was very different to Jonathan's show, which I think was very clever, because what you don't want, I suppose, is to have shows which are kind of like competing with each other. People yeah. could go on both, or they would go on to you for one mm -hmm. kind of thing, and, and on Jonathan's for something sort of slightly more traditional. Yeah. I mean, I was a guest on Chatty Man, I remember, when I was on Dragon's Den, and I was so nervous. And the thing that I loved the most was obviously going there and really excited. And, but then when they say you're ready, being you know, a designer, architect, and they said, just go and stand on this thing. And it was basically a fake staircase where you then walked down into this thing. I and I was more mesmerized by that than anything <laughs> yeah, else. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, I, I love Chatty Man and sometimes I wish it was uh, still on, but I've, yeah, I left it at the right time, I think. Yeah, I mean, do you know, the it, thing it was is, like, things off. move quickly and I think you're such a creative person. If you think, you know, what we'll talk about next, what you've done, I mean, your stand-up tours, I mean, I, I came to two of them and they, I mean, I don't know how you do it. You stand in front of how many people are in that? Well, it was the O2, so it was about 15,000 people. Like, how do you connect with 15,000 people? You know, I understand stand-up when you're in a small space and you're chatting yeah, and yeah. you can see people and all of that. But 15,000 people, that must be just so nerve-wracking, isn't it? Well, you know, getting back to my dad, um, he, the, the one time, I mean, he is so proud of me, don't get me wrong, but the one time I saw it in his face, he came to the... Birmingham NIA, which is 17,000 people, and both nights were sold out. And oh. I said, come, come and see where I'm performing tonight. And they came along, and my dad's like, you, you, you're performing here? I said, wow. yes. Oh, I've got shivers yeah. on my arms. I know, I know. And, he, and I think then he realised that my stand-up is the same as him running on a pitch with all those people cheering him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think then that he was sort the of was like, oh, do you know what? Actually, we've got quite a lot in common because we still get the nerves. We go out there in front yeah, of yeah. thousands of people and we have to perform for 90 minutes. Yeah. Was that a nice feeling, love. though? Did you feel like quite complete at that moment that your dad yeah, has sort of passed you on the back? Yeah, seeing your dad proud of you and... Um, yeah, it was, really, it was a really nice moment and I could see it in his eyes and we didn't mention it, but I saw he was like, what, you do this? And I was like, well, yeah, that's his mind. And then I thought, oh, he gets it now. He gets and, it. And did really your mum say, he got it all from me? <laughs> <laughs> you know my mum, yes. 
<laughs> it's from the Carter side. <laughs> and what did they feel about the books? They were, they were, they were fun. Listen, I said to my mum, I said, listen, you know, and my new tour that's coming up, of course I mentioned my mum and my dad. I said, mum, I need to come get the material from somewhere. If you want a new kitchen or conservatory, that money's <laughs> got to come from somewhere. I love it. What does she say? Okay. Well, she, you know, my mum rolls up. She knows what I'm like, but it's like poor old Paul, you know, my I know, Paul. I wasn't going to mention that. I mean, he but, was definitely a topic. I know, but you know, he, he is so, he's such a oh, character. He's an angel, yeah. And but it, don't you find that, you know, you look at people like McIntyre and, and all the greats that you, you know, stand alongside of, they all talk about their lives because it's reality. And actually, as, a, as a, an audience sitting there, what I laugh at is when somebody says something funny that mm. you, I remember when Dave Allen did a skit on, on cling film years ago, because I've always gone to stand up, you know, for years and years, the Wimbledon theater with all of them. And I remember I literally nearly peed in my pants because everyone, had done that and had, you know what yes. I mean? So it's the normal things in your life, isn't it? That people like relate to and then laugh about. Yes, yeah. And I mean, like you, Victoria Wood, Peter Kay, Michael McIntyre, Lee, yeah, Lee Evans. Yeah, it's, and you know, and Paul knows what he got into and you know, but you know, Paul is such a character and I'm not saying, but he says, he fucks things up all the time. He is like a walking gold mine for a comedian. <laughs> you know what he's like. I mean, I said, Paul, I've got to have that. Can I write that down? He's like, go on then. But you know, <laughs> it, yeah, and I, I feel, it, it, do you know what? And I, I've done, obviously, to fill a 90 minute show, there are sometimes, you know, when you're in the warm up, where we do tiny little theatres, and then sometimes you lie and the audience just know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that's going to have to go. You know, you write something or it's a, not actually it's true. It's not accurate. They yeah. know. They and know. How, when does you, well, all, I mean, you know, I know as a designer, when I, I have, I design when I listen to music or if I'm away or I'm on a beach or I'm, you know, like not when I'm busy, when I have moments yeah. and it just stores up. And then when I have that creative moment, it's there. With you, with comedy, I, does it work the same way? It's just like, well, stuff. Was, me and um, Tom Allen, absolutely fantastic comedian, so much fun. We've become really good friends on this Sky show we do because there's something yeah. about it. And we went out last night and had a few drinks and we were just saying about, I said, how do you write comedy? How do you write comedy? And it's such a, it's such a misnomer, <laughs> writing comedy, because you don't sit down at a desk writing it. Yeah. It's an oral thing. It's words, it's repetition, it's rhythm. Yeah. So, yeah, people ask me, when do you write? And I say, you don't. It's when you're taking the bins out, when I'm taking the dogs for a walk. Or at a dinner party, or a laugh, or a joke, or sitting well, I'm with sure people. I'm, I'm sure I've done it to you, you know, when I'm desperate for another, another 10 minutes, you know, I ring people up and say, you know when you all laughed hysterically at that thing I said, and I was pissed, what did I actually say? I mean, it's <laughs> icky, but you have to go, because you know what I'm like. 
No, I know. You're always laughing. I will always love you for when you had the Beckhams round and you put (laughs) me next to David. I, you know, I will always thank you for that. I love him and he's so, I love Posh as well, but he's so charming and lovely. You remember that night? You were a little bit pissed off with me because the paps were outside and as I left, I went, that's the shittest come dime with me. I I remember. Everyone was like, okay, like, let's just all leave, you know, one by one because they were all outside and Baby Spice was there and I don't know, there was loads of people. You, like, opened the door and just said that there was the worst come down with me I've ever eaten at and that was like headlines the next day. <laughs> it's haunted me forever. They think I can't talk. <laughs> Did, when you got to that point though, like, at the O2, did you realise? Like, you must, like, acknowledge oh, yes, the fact. I do. I mean, it's yeah. false modesty for me. There, there are times, you know, when... Uh, but, you know, if you start thinking, yeah, I've made it, it's the downfall of anyone. you just got to be really surprised. I thank my lucky stars. Um, and like I was saying, you know, it's, it's, it, it's weird moments. Like, me and Justin, we hosted the Q Awards. And, you know, Paul McCartney giving me the thumbs up. Love you. I was Love like, that. Yeah. I was like, what? What? I mean, it's like David Becker once said to me, oh my God, I met Forrest Gump last week. (laughs) You know, and I just thought, (laughs) I love that. You know, it doesn't matter how big, how everyone's in awe of seeing people that are well known. And then you work out everyone's the same, right? Yeah. Everyone's normal. We all sit and watch telly. And I remember, Kelly, I made a joke about David Beckham's clothing in my monologue for Chatty Man. And then you text me, go, David's with me. He said, that jacket was nice. Or something like that, wasn't it? And I was like, oh, God. Because you forget, people sit at home and watch telly. No, I know. who they are. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm being trolled from my monologue by the person I'm slagging (laughs) off. Well, I wish you'd. I wish you'd bring back another chat show, though. Yeah. Well, you know what? And this is about being a. You know, I know you want like a silly answer, but I just feel like with lockdown and everything, the rise of podcasts are just so interesting, and it sort of reawakened my chatting. You know, and I. I I've done. Well, a what few about you... doing a show called Chat Zoom? Chat... You know, like it's. It's like a, you know, because everything's online now. There you I go. I'll give, it, I'll give you that for free. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Zoom. Yes. Anyway, no, <laughs> no, it has made me want to chat more to people. And actually, you know what? I'm quite good at it, and I like chatting, and I like people. So this whole lockdown thing, although it's been bad for a lot of people, and everything, it has yeah. made me think. Oh, do you know what, Alan? Maybe. You know, something could come back, you know. No, I, I'm sure it will. So now I'm going to do a few quick, silly, well, not silly, quick, sensible questions, oh, okay? Oh, so, <laughs> how do you rate success? Is it money, fame, enjoyment? In fact, I'm so dyslexic, I thought I'd written their employment. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you. I remember you, put, I was with Bev in the park, weren't I? And you were going, Paul, Paul. And I looked over, he went, why aren't you answering me? Because my name's Alan. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm the worst. (laughs) Okay, what is it? I think it is enjoy. You know, with fame, you have so many wonderful opportunities, meeting people. And of course, the money is great. But I think you meet some people. If I can blow my own trumpet again, 
you know, with, with, a, with a chat show, you know, you get paid handsomely. But, you know, I met Robin Williams on my chat show. Yeah. I met Rihanna, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, people mm. I would never, ever meet. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's no that opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And Amy Winehouse singing for you. What you was know? she like, by the way? Did you talk to her? Yeah, she was, I think, oh, if, yeah, I had a night out with her. But was she bad at that point or was she... No, she liked to drink. She was just very funny. But then, then I saw her after the Brit Awards. We went to um, Balance, and she was there. And she was a, a, a big fan of mine. She always had such a laugh whenever we met. And she was just... Oh, so sad. Because people, you know, you say, oh, I had a night out with Amy Winehouse. I go, oh, I bet that was amazing. And it wasn't because she was disappearing, coming back and head rolling around it was just sad really yeah, sad. yeah very sad whose advice do you take kelly oppens <laughs> <laughs> okay another one then whose opinion is most important to you i think probably paul's correct <laughs> you, know, you know he doesn't hold back does he no, but I, I, you know, I know you both really well and he's only got your back. So I thought you'd say that. Can I sum up, Paul? This is Paul with no filter. Yeah. He sat down with Adele and, you know, he said, you know that? Never mind, Alpha. Can you lower it a bit? <laughs> <laughs> well, the look she gave him. And I, okay. you know, I think that's Paul though, isn't it? Paul, just go in. So He's when got you the get biggest heart. From Paul, yeah. You get a he, good. You know what? I've spoken to him a lot through this lockdown. It's been really nice. He's just, he's just, I don't know, like, first of all, I'm just really proud of him and being mm. clean and, and, you know, off the alcohol and stuff. And, and it's just to see somebody come alive again. But he's just got the best soul. He's just, you know, yeah. he's just an amazing guy. And also, I don't think anyone's mentioning as well, obviously, you know, with coronavirus. People who do have an addictive personality. How hard, you know, yeah. Oh my God, it's tough for Paul. You know, Paul's yeah. saying, should we maybe get a bottle? I'm like, no, we're not getting any rosé in. But he yeah. said, oh, you know, it's all a strange. I said, no. no. And he's been so good and I'm so proud of him. Yeah, I know, it's amazing. Friendships, do you treasure them? I do. You've got to have good friends around you, especially in this business, haven't you? You, you could call a bit more. What? <laughs> You I know, I am rubbish like that. <laughs> I am rubbish. I know I'm rubbish. But it's not like I'm calling anyone else. Like, <laughs> oh, as long rubbish. as that's the case, it's okay. Yeah. How do you balance work, family and marriage? <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, do you? Are you good at it? Are you good at balancing it all? Not really. I, get, I get very stressed about it all. And uh, the thing is, with lockdown, I, we've, we've, none of us have had any work and now it's easing up. I've just, it's one thing after another. And of course, I take it out on Paul. I bloody moan to him. And so I don't balance it at all, really. I need to, and he's great, Paul. You know, he'll just tell me to shut up and all that. But, you know, it's... So do you think it. you're better when you're working? I love working. I really, Do you know what? Before all this lockdown stuff, I said to Paul, do you know what, Paul? I can't wait to retire. Yeah. I just want to retire. I realise now I'm going to be like Ken Dodd and Joan Rivers. I'm going to be 99, <laughs> still on stage. 
because I just don't want to stop. I mean, you realize yeah. it's my baby where I love working. I love it. feeds it. you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm the same. You know me, I work day and night. But God, I, I know. And yeah. I'm always complaining, I want to break, I this, that, the other. But actually, it's what, it's the thing that fuels me. And I just think lockdown's been really interesting for me. Sort of things that I thought I wanted to do and I've never been able to do and how I balance my life in a way the good thing that's come out of it is that I know I can do that now yeah and it's just finding that balance and you know who's important to you in your life and you treasure that whereas I think yeah. you're the same you spread yourself so wide yeah. that actually you could be so much more like focused on a smaller group of people in life and it's yeah. easier then and I don't know about you, but I mean, it is, and I know you said I don't phone and all that. But no, no, I'm kidding. No, no, I know. But there, there, there are people who haven't really, you know, and you do appreciate a phone call now and then. Are you all right? And like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. You do, you know, people have come out the woodwork and then people who you really expected to get in touch haven't. Haven't, I know. You know yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's it, true. It's been a real reckoning now, you know, yeah. And being in the public eye, like I've been out with you a million times and you're always so gracious to people. And, you know, people have no filter. They feel like, you know, they own you. They can just come up to you. I've never, ever seen you ever say no to anyone in all the times I've been out with you. Paul, in fact, is more your bodyguard and is, is yeah, really good. Yeah. But I, that must be quite difficult sometimes, isn't it? Well, that... They, they pay the bills, pay your bills at the end of the day. And they, you know, and I know what I've signed up for. It's part and part, it's part and parcel of your job. Is it sometimes when you're having a meal or you're having a personal conversation? It is a bit, but you know, they pay your bills. You've got to do it. That's part of the job. Mm. And social media? I've come off Twitter. Five million Why? followers. I just, it's and people, it, yeah. Well, it's it, quite it, aggressive, it, Twitter. Yeah, but I know people go, oh, because you, you got some bad press. No, I didn't get bad. Um, yeah, I got, I got abuse all the time. But the fact that I was just taking that abuse and scrolling down and not reacting. Uh, and this isn't working for me. I prefer Instagram. It can be a bit inane. It can be a bit narcissistic. But I feel a bit of a safe space for me to get my thing off. I think Twitter is a mental health time bomb. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I noticed the difference between... Um, Twitter and, and Instagram. Instagram is way like people go on because they want to go on and speak to you yeah. and look at stuff. Whereas Twitter is opinionated, and I try not to look at it it's too toxic. much. And it's, yeah, it's really toxic, and it's really. I think you put a picture of you on the top of the Eiffel Tower on Instagram, and everyone go, "Wow, how romantic! I love France." If you put that on Twitter, people would say, "Jump." <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely right. That is completely what happens. It's so yeah. true. So when you're stressed, you eat, shop, cook, knit, farm, eat, breed, or drink. <laughs> you know, I eating and drinking. You know, it's my. But you know, the thing with Paul, what Paul's been through, you know, it's has it helped you? It has helped. I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, it's like we were like cracking open a bottle of uh, rosé because it was. A Monday, do you know what I mean? And I enjoy me, I enjoy a drink, but we, we, uh, I have it special now. It's a real treat for me, and it's not. We were, we're out of control. You know what me and Paul. Like, I know when you control. and I we used to out. be next next door neighbours. Every yeah. week, the following week, you'd come back with a whole load of my glasses because you'd always leave with the glasses I know, in your we were, hand. 
Well, we'd always need a drink on the way home, wouldn't we? Yeah, as if, <laughs> those were, as if those we hadn't drank enough. Nights. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Those were some fun times. Do you remember? Oh, that, that was, I look back at that, what a laugh. What a laugh. But, you know, looking at Paul and everything, sometimes the party has to stop. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to just, come on. But life is better, I think. When you're more, when you're more awake and you're not, like, Focus. inebriated, you can enjoy yeah. so much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's next? What's next? RuPaul's Drag Race. That's the <gasps> next thing in my diary. Oh, I love that. When, so when are you filming that? Um, that's, well, halfway through the run, we got the, you know, Boris Johnson said, that's it. So next thing you know, Mama Ru and Michelle Visage were back in LA and then it stopped halfway through. Um, my, my show's been commissioned, my Epic Games show, recommissioned. So more. Oh, amazing. And I think all of them. So I think Price is Right, Play Your Cards. I love The Price is Right. I, know. I love it. I'd love to come on that one, actually, when you do well, another... we're doing. We're doing more celebrity ones, so please come along. I love it. I think it's. So... Do you know what? I love all those old shows that are kind of reinvented because yeah. I think. They were such classics. And then you put your, I don't know, for some reason, you just fit into all of that so timelessly. It's just brilliant. Oh. No, you really do. I, I love doing them and it's a real honour. And it's funny because, you know, Bruce Forsyth was my first yeah. ever guest on Chatty Man. And oh, was he? Yes. And, and, and he, he wanted to suss me out before he came on the show because he didn't really do chat shows. So I went to his house, his amazing house, yeah. and I could see him sussing me out. And I said, look, we're not stitching you up. We're not doing anything. And then he came on the show and then I got a phone call on a number I didn't recognise. And of course, I just think PPI. So I didn't get it. And then, then I listened to the message. Right? Hello, is Brucey here? I said, I absolutely love your show. He said, I think you've got a hit on your hands there. And it was an honour for me to be on it. I was like, oh my God, the king of showbiz, TV showbiz saying that to me. Kept it on my phone for ages. I lost my phone. I lost the message. But I hope he's looking down and I hope he thinks I did a good job because uh, oh, sure he's he very big shoes to fill. Can I ask you something? Would you ever do The Jungle? Because, you know, they asked me to do it this year coming up and I said no because I just, I can't bear rats and creepy crawlies. Would you ever do it? No, no. Never do it. And I spoke to Mel, you know, Melanie Sykes, who I do yeah. my radio show, she did it. She absolutely loved it because it was a high protein diet, she said. She <laughs> says, I eat stuff like that at home. And oh, she was in her element. But yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. Listen, I love to go to Australia, but I don't know. Why wouldn't you do it? Because, do you know, the whole camp bit, sitting around the campfire, I mean, I spoke to them at length. I would love chatting to people, and I read this morning Vernon Kay's doing it, oh, and, you know, and he's a friend, and I thought, oh, it would have been nice. To go and do one of those trials, I know I would be picked every time because I'd be screaming. I, the thought of a snake yeah. going over me, or rats, or yeah. bugs, I just, I just couldn't do it. Everything else, I'd be really good at tidying and, you know, You know the first casualty would be your hair. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine you not with that hair with all like rats in it. And, like, oh my God, I just, I couldn't do it. I get asked to do so many of these shows and I'm just, I just can't do it. Mm, mm. I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, they ask me every year, but s s see how we get on. But I mean... Would you do yeah. Strictly? 
I'd love to. I want to do Strictly, but I want to do it when my nephew and niece are old enough and they're sitting there watching it, you know, 18 yeah, yeah, yeah. And look what Uncle Alan's doing now. Yeah. You know, that's what I want. No, it's, it's not worth me doing it at the minute. Yeah, well, I don't think they're doing it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, good point. They don't want you, Alan. They're not doing it. <laughs> oh, this bloody COVID. I know, I know, I know. Um, well, I, I just love that quote, you know, before you rush back to the new normal, you just check which bits of normal you want to run back to. And I, I was know. like, do you know what? That's pretty good advice, isn't it? I know. I mean, when I did that post, I sort of went, the old, the normal that we had before was what got us here today. Yeah. So just forget about that. This is the new normal. You've got to live alongside it and try and yeah. find new ways. But one of the things I think is quite cool is to try and think of new ways in every industry that you can create something yeah. and you know for so, like technology it's going to get better you're going to be able to you know be able to have what do you call those holograms and people and you know yeah. That, yeah. do you remember there was an amazing film with um oh god what was his name he was a director in hollywood and he had this um he wanted to create this um amazing movie star but she actually didn't exist she was a hologram Al Pacino did you ever see that no I'll try and figure it out because you'd love it it was incredible and he and he basically everyone thought this person was real so no one ever met her but she was always on a show or something and it was yeah. all real so maybe the whole world will become sort of totally yeah I, 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 just, I hope it maybe makes it comes a bit of a kinder world you know people are all in this together let's try and come up with a solution. You just got to look for the positive or, you know, you've just or have got, a laugh. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to. There's nothing like a good belly laugh and you always give me the best belly laugh. Oh, so, that's Oh, don't get all sad. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to go out for a drink? <laughs> <laughs> I am lit, I can't believe what we're actually doing. I'm literally around the corner, I mean. <laughs> I could wave out my window and see you, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing the podcast. You were amazing. You are amazing. And I love you. And um, I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> yes, in a minute I'll pop down for a cup of sugar. Okay. <laughs> Bye. I've, I've really enjoyed that. Thank you, my love. All right, big kiss. <laughs>